In Acts chapter 20, 35, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? And as we're here partaking in service together and considering the Lord this weekend before Thanksgiving, this is a week we tend to think and reflect upon all the blessings that are important to our lives, all the things that we're grateful for. God has showered down immense blessing into our lives. And so we tend to think about these things for Thanksgiving. We reflect on, on what we've been given. But Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I want to challenge us this morning, rather than reflecting upon what you've been given, what's been put into your lives, I want to challenge you today and in these days to come to reflect upon the things that you have given away. Consider what you have given. Consider the greater blessing, the greater blessing of what you've given away. He's given so much to us. Let's pray real quick before we get into the word. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you withhold no good thing from us. I thank you, Father, for the, for the, the abundant riches that you have poured into our lives. I thank you for the goodness that you've showered on us, Lord. And I thank you so much that there's so much more yet that you're waiting to give to us as soon as we're ready to receive it. Because I know that the thing that matters more to you than anything else is our heart. The exterior things that we tend to focus on, for you, those things just serve the matters of the heart. So today, we invite you to work on our hearts. Continue to form and create in us everything that you want us to have and be so we can truly reflect you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bear with me this morning. I'm feeling a little fuzzy. I'm not quite sure. I didn't sleep very well last night. I told Jake you might have to censor me. I don't know what's going to come out right now. So just, just bear with me. Maybe we shouldn't record. Don't put this on the podcast today. A couple days ago, I was visiting my friend Tommy and his wife Sierra, and uh, they've just been married for about maybe a year and a half or so, and pretty much still newlyweds, uh, but they just had a baby girl. She is about seven or eight days old. So when I went and saw them and I got, got to hold her and literally like this big, you forget how tiny they really are when they, when they come out. And, and as I held her, man, it just obviously brought back so many memories from my first kids, especially Arabella, the first one. And it's amazing how with that child, you can hold it and you just stare. You don't do anything. You just, just stare at it. You can stare at it for hours because of that new, fresh life, all the potential that is wrapped up in that tiny little human being. And they don't do anything but sleep, eat, and poop, and then do it again and again and again. And you just keep staring and loving them. And it, somehow it brings us such rich joy to be able to serve them in that way. And what's so cool is as they begin to grow and as they begin to develop, they begin to crawl a little bit. They begin to goo-goo-ga-ga, talk with you a little bit. They can interact. And now we're seeing how they develop and how they grow and they develop these skills. I remember when... um, Arabella first began to walk. And when, you, when, you're, when you're seeing this happen for the first time, you're, you're amazed, but you also want to like be right there. You want to help. Like you don't want them to get hurt. But, it's, but they're doing it on their own. They're learning to become independent. And even as they grow more, and they learn to now start to create, 
start to, to make things, right? I, I, I have a drawer full of things that, that um, my kids made when they were like two up to like six is probably when I stopped. Because, you know, every day you're getting more of these papers, right, that they made in kindergarten and all this. It's like you can't keep it all. So we kind of took the highlights and we put them all in a, in a drawer. And all the other ones, we go out. <laughs> oh, you're right there. <laughs> but I brought one of these. It's so funny to watch the development of how they begin to grow and how they begin to create. Create. I went and searched through that drawer as I prepared for this message, and I found this, this interesting drawing with basically a couple circles and a sticks sticking off of them. And I wrote a note on the back because at the time she told me that this is Bella and Daddy flying a kite. These sticks and these circles. This is from when she was barely four years old. And then she grew and began to develop her art. And here's some colors. It's a rainbow. And we're standing under a rainbow together. But I thought this is the funny one. Duct tape art. She was, anybody ever into duct tape art? She made it with the duct tape. She made like this wallet with like a change compartment and all this kind of stuff with a pretty little flower on it. And these things, I mean, I'm, pro I'm like wasting my breath because you don't care about these things. Like, <laughs> but for your child, you did. Like, that's the draw to it. Like, that's my kid. Like, that came out of me. Like, look at what they're doing. It's so amazing to watch how they become independent and begin to create. And the reason I think about this is because I look back in the book of Genesis chapter 2, where, where it says this, the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that's what his name was. I imagine that this must have been a similar feeling that the, our heavenly father must have had when he created Adam and he said, now go, you go name the animals and watch. It says he watched and waited to see what Adam was going to name them. Watching Adam begin to create and begin to exercise the dominion that God had given to him. But there's an interesting thing principle that God has set up. He's created us to rule and, cre and to create. But this basic principle says this, to make something, we need to use something that we already have. Because we can't create something out of thin air. You have to have something, and now you can make something with it. In Genesis 1.1, we know that it says that God created the heavens and the earth. So God alone took nothingness and made somethingness. What they call is, he created ex nihilo in the Hebrew, out of nothing. He created matter out of nothing. And now once he created this matter and he spoke it into, the, into being, let there be light. Let there be space between the waters above and the waters below. He spoke these things and created matter. And now, once he created that matter, he used that as his palette to create even more as he formed the animals and formed the man and then breathed breath into his nostrils and we came into being. He's the only one who has ever created anything out of nothing, but now we've got this whole palette to work with and he is inviting us into this creating process. He wants us to work with him, with the things that he's given to us, to turn it back, give it to him and let him use it. But it says this in Genesis 2.20. Here's, here's a little sample of what I'm talking about. In Genesis 2.20, he goes on to say, 
For Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. This basic biblical principle that God has set up that he himself now follows in this creation. He creates something out of something else. He already created something out of nothing. Now he uses that something to create new things all the way back to Eve. When he saw that man was not complete, he didn't form and shape out of the ground. He didn't speak into existence. He said, Adam, you need something. But in order for me to give it to you, I need you to give me something first. He took from Adam and created something so much more than what he took. And that's the way the Lord uses things. When we give things to him, he takes his creative power and makes something so much more full and abundant and powerful than we can even contemplate, never mind attempt to do. This is the way that he works. Something needs to be given before something new can be created. And we see this principle all throughout scripture where it says uh, in Matthew 16, whoever loses their life will find it. We give our lives over to him and now we receive new life in its place. In Luke 6, where it says, where it's talk about giving, it says, give and it will be given back to you. The measure that you used, you'll be received back in abundance, pressed down, shaken together, and all the more poured back into your lives. He says, give, release it, so that now I can let my creative power, my transformation power get all over that and now give it back to you. And not only do you find yourself in it receiving more than you ever had to begin with, now the world is impacted and changed because you released that thing he entrusted you with. Let's hop over to John chapter 6 real quick. I want to read a quick story where Jesus is with the multitude in John chapter 6. And we're going to start reading in verse 3. John 6, 3, it says this, Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one just to have a bite. In verse 8, Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down, and about 5,000 men were there. That's not including women and children. So really, there are probably fifteen to 20,000 people there. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, he gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, now gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. A couple days ago, um, some of the leaders of the church, we had gotten together and we had a meeting 
about where the church stands and, and how we're going to proceed forward. And Ms. Margaret, you challenged us with a very good question. You said, how are we going to get there from here? We're talking about our vision. We're talking about our, our purpose to impact the community and to share the powerful gospel message with this community, with Aquidneck Island, with Newport County. And the question is, well, look at the state, the condition that we're in now. How are we going to be really like strong enough, stable enough to now go and, and cast this out and be able to share what we have? And so I thought about that and I prayed about that. And this is the exact answer that I got from the Lord. How will we become a flourishing body of Christ? How will we begin to, to make an impact and really transform the place where God has planted us here? It's the same process we see here with the boy giving his five loaves and two fishes to Jesus and allowing his creative power to get all over that small little offering and watch the hordes get fed and nurtured, and then end up with abundance in, in remaining. His first question to the disciples was this, where will we buy bread for these people to eat? He's talking to his disciples, and he said, listen, we need to feed these people. How are we going to do it? He puts it in the plate, just puts a thought in their mind. And this is how the Lord works in our lives too. He deposits a thought in your mind or a burden in your heart, and you know that the Lord has given that to you. But if you just consider it in our own abilities, in our own power, our first reaction, our first response to that thought is, that's a nice idea, but there's no way it's ever going to be reality. It's not going to happen. The first reaction of, of the disciples, when he said, how are we going to feed them? Philip, he said, it's going to cost half a year's wages to give a one little bite to each person in this crowd. It's, it's not possible. We can't do this. That's the reality of where we stand right now. It's not We can't accomplish our goals, Miss Margaret, without the Lord intervening. He has to do it because we just don't have the ability. He deposits this idea in our mind, and it follows, what follows is a burden in our heart. And the way that we must respond is give it back to him. Say, God, I feel this, but I need you to do something with it. The next disciple that stepped up, was Andrew, and he said, listen, this is, this is all we have. We have a, a boy with five loaves and, and two fishes. In, in uh, another book of the Bible where it shares this same story, it actually says that the disciples wanted to send them away. They saw the problem. These people needed to eat, and they told Jesus, well, send them home so they can go to their towns and, and find food for themselves. And Jesus said, no, you find food for them. Jesus tells us, you feed my sheep. And so when Andrew comes, stumbles upon this boy with these five loaves and these, these two fishes, he, he mentions this to Jesus. And so Jesus says, bring this, bring this to me. He invites us into his creative power, his creative work. And he knows what we have and what we don't have because he's the one who gave it to us. He will never demand from us more than he gave us because we can't give him what we don't have. Here I am. That's all that we can give him, and that's all that he requires. All that he wants is a willing heart, and he takes care of the rest. Because when we willingly give to him the ha the, what we have to offer, as little, as minuscule as it might be, as insignificant as it may seem, when we offer it to him, that gift combined with the creative power of God results 
in overflowing abundance. That's where the power is. And so Jesus sees, okay, you have five loaves and two fish, give them to me. And then he says, go have them all sit down. Have the crowd sit down. Instead of, don't send them away. He is the one who meets our needs. He is our provider. Don't run from Jesus. When we see we have a need, run to him and allow him to meet that need in a most unexpected way. So the boy comes with his loaves and fish and he gives it to Jesus. Imagine, I can imagine what he must have been thinking because like, here's, this is either his food that his mom sent him on a, on a day's journey with or maybe he's on his way back and he had gotten some food to bring back to, to his, his brother or his family. And what, what were his thoughts when they took this food away from him? This is all he has. No one else has stuff to eat. He has something he's trying to survive. And they say, hey, Jesus wants that. Give that to me. What? My mom gave this to me. What are you going to do with it? This was his food. This was his nourishment. He needs this. This is a practical need. He has to keep it for himself. But Jesus said, trust me, I have something better planned. That might be your favorite meal, but I have something better than your favorite meal ready in store for you. And I just need you to let go. Let me take it out of your hand and I'm going to replace it with something above and beyond. So he took it and he gave thanks for the bread. And then it says that he gave it back to the disciples. And they went and they passed it out. And as they're passing it out, they're finding it's not running out. It's continuing to come and come and there's more and there's more. And they all get fed. And when they've all received that full meal and and, and their stomachs are all full, Jesus says, go and gather it all together. Go bring it all together. All the pieces of fish and the bread that are left over. And so they did. They took the baskets and they went and collected what was left over. And what was left over after everyone was full, including the boy who offered his loaves and fish, what was left over after everyone had been stuffed was 12 basketfuls of food. They started with five loaves and two fish, and now they have 12 baskets of food. And they need to go search for people who have a need because their need has been met above and beyond. Now they have leftovers. And Jesus says, don't waste it. His word to them when they said, when he told them to go gather it, go gather all the leftovers and don't let it go to waste. This is provision from our Father above. Don't let it go to waste. Every provision that he has given to us has purpose. He wants it to be used. Don't let it go to waste. Don't let it sit there and rot away. Collect it. Bring it back to me. Let's do something new with it. This is how he creates, by giving him what we already have. See, the truth is it doesn't matter what our practical needs are. They are met in the person of Jesus Christ. Once we've given him what we have and we trust him with it, he's able to work miracles with that and meet every need that we could ever, ever have. He truly is all that we need, all that we need. And if that simple statement doesn't resonate with you and you don't, you're not quite fully there yet that Jesus is all that we need, then we've, we have something to, be, to learn today. Jesus is all that we need. If it's Jesus and lunch, then we're missing something. If it's Jesus and 
shelter. If it's Jesus and a job, there's no and. Jesus is all that we need. He is our provider. And that sums it all up because all these other, all these other uh, needs that kind of come after that, they all come from him. They all come from that one source. I don't need Jesus and shelter because as I'm walking towards Jesus, now I have shelter from him. I don't need Jesus and my daily bread because he gives me my daily bread. Whatever your need is, you can come and give it to the Lord and say, God, this is all I got. I need something. When you offer it to him, what's going to come back to you is every need that you can come up with. And he's going to meet even more needs that you never even considered. See, in our human nature, we don't consider this principle about giving something, so we create something new with it. We take what we have, and we want to use our creative abilities because the Lord did give us creative abilities and dominion to exercise. So we take what he's given us and we say, I'm going to make something with this. Watch what I'm going to create. So we take our resources, we take our abilities and, and even our money, our finances. And we say, watch what I'm going to create. Watch what I'm going to do. <laughs> like Stewie, <laughs> look what I'm going to do. <laughs> but Jesus, what Jesus wants to say, <laughs> what Jesus is saying is this. Hold on, hold your, hold your horses. I want you to create, and you will. But before you go there, give it to me and watch what we can create together. Watch what we can do together. I know you can do it, son. I know you can do it, daughter. I know you have, you've given these special abilities. I know you can do a great thing, and I'm proud of you. I love you, but I want to work with you. And this now is the very reason he created us so that we can work with him. He's the one who invited us to create with him, not vice versa. He made us to work with him. And he says, come, give me what I've given you and watch what we'll we'll develop together. This is what he wants from us. He is our provider. This is is why we, we know that nothing, no need will go unmet. What Jesus promises us, he says, every, every good gift comes from the father above. Jesus himself, when he taught us the Lord's prayer, give us this day our daily bread, because he knows that our daily bread comes from the Father. It all comes from the Lord. So Jesus fed the crowds. He fed the disciples. He gave, he, they, they were all had their needs met, and they had these 12 basketfuls less, left over. <clears throat> and what this boy learned this boy may have learned a greater lesson that day than any other member in that crowd, even his disciples, because it was the boy who had to take from his provision and say, okay, I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I might go hungry for the rest of the day or maybe two, but I'm going to trust you. That boy let go of what God gave him and trusted Jesus to do something with it. And sure enough, that's exactly what Jesus did. That boy went went away fuller than he would have been on that little provision and was probably sent home with one of those 12 baskets. (laughs) Then to go feed the rest of his family as well. See, when we give, it's it's a tricky thing to work with because it's really a heart matter. 
giving is not so much of an, an external thing as like, like I'm giving you something. Like it's not, no, it's, it's in here. We talk about giving and it's a touchy subject. It's kind of like, don't go there. Don't, don't judge me. Don't, you don't need to know. You don't need to be nosy and know what, what I give to people, what I give to the church. It's a heart matter more than anything else. Giving comes from our heart. And the truth is, our giving reveals our heart. It exposes where we truly stand. I heard somebody um, say one time, they said, if you want to know where somebody, what somebody really values or the order of priorities in somebody's life, look at their bank account and see where their money is spent. And I thought that was so, so true. What are we investing in? What are we getting? Because those are the things that matter the most to us. And giving really is a hard issue. I've heard it said, I tried giving. I tried tithing. It didn't work. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, but this was the statement. It didn't work. Well, what do you mean it didn't work? What, what is it supposed to do? What is, what is the work? What does that mean? I think what is meant by that is it didn't work. It means I didn't get more back. Or even I didn't get back just the amount I gave. Never mind more. It didn't work as if that's the purpose it's trying to serve. See, giving and tithing does have a purpose. There is a work there involved. But the work is in here. It involves giving, but it touches the heart. The work of tithing and the work of giving is to get my heart to a place where I am obedient and trusting to the Lord. It has nothing to do with money. He wants our heart to get to the place where we are releasing into his hands the things that he has trusted to us. And once we do, he proves himself over and over and over again. The Lord will not fail because he can't. It's not in his nature. The tough part is that, so when we give, if we give just, just from our, our wallet or from our hand or from, from our bank account, and then we expect tithing to work, it's not going to do the work that it's meant to do in our hearts because our heart was never involved with it. Our heart is not going to be impacted by something it was never invested in, it was never involved in. If giving is something, is just an, uh, an act that we do and it doesn't touch my heart and my mind, my heart and my mind aren't going to be changed by it. See, this principle of giving something to create something new works out of the heart. Because my heart wants, to, wants the Lord, because my heart trusts him, now that shows in what I'm giving to him and into the people that he's put into my lives, into my life. When we trust him to that level, now he is able to work. Now that principle of giving and receiving, now that principle clicks. Now things begin to change because now we are working in the spiritual realm and not in this physical, fleshly realm any longer. It's a heart matter. Have you ever heard anyone say, uh, if, man, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give this many thousands to, to, to the, the homeless shelter. I'm going to give all this to, to, to my parents. I'm going to give this to my friends. Uh, if, if, just I win, if I just win the lottery, all of a sudden they're going to be this huge philanthropist and give all their money away when they win the lottery. But for now, I'm pinching my pennies. And when I win the lottery, as if getting more money is going to change your heart. Because if you're not giving today, when you have $50, 
don't, don't uh, try to trick yourself into thinking when you have a million, you'll start giving. If your heart doesn't give today, it won't give tomorrow when you have more. But this thing, this biblical principle of giving, of creating, giving it to the Lord, let him do what he wants to do, let him get his hands all over it and then throw it back on you. Man, that, that biblical principle is something that once it is unleashed, it changes our lives. And once we see it start to play out in our lives, now we can trust a little bit more. Now it's a little bit easier for us to give because we know that the Lord's word is true and we're watching it play out in our lives. I think about it like a, like a boomerang. When we, when we take what the Lord has given us and we throw it out there, we watch and we see what it does. Like, I really needed that. But also, wait, it's turning. It's turning. It comes right back. When we give, it will be given back to you with a good measure, pressed down, shaken together in more abundance than we even gave in the first place. This is scripture. This is Jesus' teaching. This is what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to shower down blessings upon us. And all, he, all he's saying is to us is this, give me something to work with. I've given you all this. Give me something to work with. I want to show you something even new, even more special than you thought. Give it to me. Let me show you something. Uh, Kristen was sharing a really cool testimony about how the Lord worked in her life just last week uh, that points to some of this. And I wanted to invite her to come and share this with us this morning. Kristen. Hi, family. Don't get scared with this. It's just, just because I lose my train of thought a lot. So I'm just. You didn't need any notes the other day when you said it. Yeah, but then when you, hey, you want to share during <laughs> church? Sure. And then your mind starts going, wait a minute. So I, I've just, I've been praying to make sure that, um, that I stay on focus because there's a lot of other things that surround just last week. So I want to make sure that the focus stays on the purpose of why I'm supposed to share for God and giving the glory to him. Um, and over the course, I'm just, you know, over the course of about a year, I've been behind in my rent. Um, and over the past few months, it started getting more and more behind. Cars break down. Kids kind of need to eat, you know, like, you know, so it just, it started really getting compiled. And back in September, I went through my books and that's when I really started praying hard in September over finances and um, um, over not turning to one other thing instead of praying, you know, grabbing a glass of wine at night here, let me drink this because that's where I was putting my faith into. And um, over the, specifically over the course of like the past three months, God has been like chipping everywhere at me and it's been like amazing. and. I mean, that's, I could write a book on all the stuff that's been going on, but I, I, I need to say that it went from um, all those prayers and God's been trying to show me through dreams and through actions of other people, I have you, I have you. And me being a stubborn kid, like, nope, I have me. Like Ed was mm -hmm. saying, like, no, I'm going to hold on to this because I can provide. And, um, you know, through those prayers, there was one morning where a sister gave me five and it wasn't the amount. It was God trying to say, I have you, but that wasn't enough for me to like get it. And then another week later, like I'm still praying. Another sister, here, you know, God's telling me like, I need to give this to you. All right, all right, I'm starting to really hear you. <laughs> like it's not the amount, it was the purpose. Like I'm praying and God's hearing 
my prayers, and he's talking to me through my sisters and brothers, but I'm still not listening. I'm still not putting that faith in. A couple weekends ago, um, I asked for prayers, and we stayed after church for quite some time, praying and praying and praying. And um, during that at the end, because that's a whole other story, I saw rubies and I saw birds. And the scripture that it brought me to was Matthew 6, 2, 6. Look at the birds of the ear. They neither, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That still wasn't enough for me. <laughs> Last Saturday, I got an eviction notice. So I went back to bed because being depressed in bed for a few hours is going to be super helpful. <laughs> I got up and said, what can I do? I didn't start praying. I said, what can I do to fix this? So I started posting, you know, jewelry on a quidnick selling swap for like $3. And then I'm like, all right, this is just not working. So um, I went to the liquor store and grabbed the jug of wine because a regular bottle wouldn't be enough instead of praying. Had a few drinks and then said, you know, like, what am I doing? And I went to bed. And actually, before that, my daughter had been at a sleepover. She came back to gather some things, and she came down um, with our anointed holy oil and did a cross on my forehead before I went to bed, hmm. just out of the blue. The next morning, I woke up. My phone had been shut off, and I drive the church van, so I needed my phone. Like, how am I going to call these people I need to pick up? So I spent money I didn't have to make sure that I could do my service for the church. And um, I went downstairs and I grabbed the bottle of wine. I was like, you know what, Jesus, I'm done. Like, I just, I, like, I, need, I, I want to thirst for you. I want to thirst for you. Like, please just, and, you know, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. Like, and I've been praying for months. And um, I took a shower. And when I got out of the shower, I received a text message from... Um, uh, a, a very dear friend who knew some circumstances, and um, they gave me a check of a substantial amount of money um, as a gift, not a loan, a gift. Here, you know, take this. You know, and I, I just, you know, I started crying like this. You know, God is a provider. I need to trust that he's going to provide my needs. I have to stop depending on what I can do because I can't do anything. I will add into that that a few weeks prior to that, we were after church, actually before that prayer session, talking about tithing. And one of the things that I said to Ed was, you know, I calculated what I make and bad for a tithe. Like, like that's like a week's worth of food. <laughs> like, I can't do that. Like, what is God going to swoop down and hand me a check? And he's like, yeah, maybe. And then, <laughs> you know, a week later, I'm getting it. So God is good and God is amazing. And, and the things that he's revealing in me and the work that he's doing in me, I need to keep that focus on him and trust because he will provide. But I need to trust. I need to listen to when he's trying to talk to me. I can't just not listen. The other thing, though, the, the, the rubies with all this changing going on, and you probably didn't figure I talked this long. Proverbs 3, 15 to 18, um, it talks about being more um, precious than rubies. And over these past few months, like my self-worth that God's trying to put into me, like I am precious and he is going to take care of me. Um, the dreaming about numbers. And I, I don't, I, like, I, like I had told Sly about this and then she told me that you were dreaming like about multiplying. Um, and 
when we give to God, he's going to multiply. So in addition to that, that didn't take care of all of the rent. They were still back because this is an ongoing process. I kept praying. And the whole entire week, I got up every morning. I made my child breakfast. I have not... Um, I've been praying and drinking water and coffee and um, eating every single night. And I met with another family friend on Thursday evening, and they gave me the remaining of what I needed. So as of Friday afternoon, now I was supposed to go to court Monday, and I was scared, scared. Newport Courthouse, I'd rather be in Providence than Newport for something like that. As of Friday afternoon, my um, rent total is completely zero, and that includes fines and fees and everything. So, it, it, like, if that's not like a, a testimony to like God working in, in my life and me needing to listen and putting that trust because I kept, whether I gave like the money that I'm supposed to give for tithe or not, like God, God's trying to show me, I am here. I just need to get it through my head. You're welcome. That's exactly the way that God does work in our lives. When we give to him that which we have, even though it may seem completely insignificant, all he's asking for is that. You don't have to judge the value of it. He'll take care of that. Just give it to him and let him do what he does best and watch what happens in return. Sometimes, because we've gone our own way and because we've said, well, this, you've given this to me. I'm going to work with this. I'm going to create with this. Sometimes all we have left when we come to him is our vices. And he says, still, give that to me. Watch what I can do with it. And I love that story, how you said you, you dumped that wine down the sink, just praying to God, God, help me. God, make me thirst and hunger after you. And then an hour later gets that text with that huge amount of provision. 15, 20 minutes after this is when it, all he's asking is for what you have. Don't worry about if you think it's good enough, if it's too bad, if you're ashamed, you don't want to give it to him because you're ashamed of it. He says, give that thing to me. I already know about it. Why are you going to try to hide it? Let me have it because I want you to have something better. This is how God works. He took a rib. He created a woman. Thank you, God. <laughs> I love my woman. He took loaves and fish and he fed 15 to 20,000 people. He took the life the son of God created new life and saved the world for all eternity. Do we trust him with what we have? That's all he's asking. Give him what we have. Let his transformative power get all over that and then shower back into your life so we can continue to move forward and impact the world for him. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are the all-powerful God. You are sovereign, Lord. And Lord, because of um, our stance, because of the things that we get involved with, because of the things that surround us, it's so easy for us to lose track of who you are and forget who you are and forget what you can do. It's so easy for us to, to, to stray and, and feel like we have to struggle to make things work in our lives. When all you're saying is, give it to me. 
Give it to me. I made you, and I'm going to continue to create in you more and more and more as long as you give me something to work with. So, Lord, far be it from us to withhold anything from you because I know that you withhold no good thing from us. Will you heal our hearts? Will you increase our faith and increase our trust so much so so that that trust works out into what we are willing to give to you? God, we don't want to settle for mediocre in our lives any longer. And I know that all it takes to break through that mediocre place in life is to give you what we have, and you will bring us to that place of living in victory day after day after day. So we give it to you, Lord. Have your way and have your will, and we will watch and see what you're going to do with it because we trust you. You're a God of love, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.